The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to the Connected Table Live. We're your hosts, Melanie Young and David Ransom, your insatiably curious culinary couple. Each week, we bring you the dynamic people who work front and center and behind the scenes in wine, food, spirits, and hospitality around the world. We travel, we eat, we drink, and we hope we explore and expire with you anywhere we go. And you're listening live June 8th, 2022. Uh, we're both here, we're both together, and we are taking you back to one of our beloved cities, New Orleans, to the second oldest restaurant in the city and the oldest stand-up bar in America. We are going to talk about a slice, a delicious slice of history. We're talking about Two Jack's Restaurant, right, David? Absolutely, Melanie. We went there a couple of weeks ago for yep. dinner, actually, um, and it was a wonderful experience. They were pretty busy. I think we were there on a Friday night, so of course they were busy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it and, is New you know, Orleans. I can, I can just picture myself sidling up to the bar after work and knocking back a shot of whiskey in the 1850s. So a couple of things, a couple of facts, and we're going to introduce. So we're talking today with um, one of the family members who owns Two Jacks now, uh, and it's had many family members over time, and we're going to talk about its illustrious history. Um, but we're with Mark Ladder, whose family has had it for a number of years. Interesting facts. Two Jacks is the third oldest continually operating restaurant in the United States, the third oldest. Its stand-up bar is the oldest in the country. It's actually older than 20 states in our union. I love that. That's fact, wild. Don't you? Yeah. And a lot of presidents have dined there. As we said, it's been owned by different families, um, starting with the Tujaks. So this is a great time to introduce Mark to the show. Mark Ladder, welcome to the Connected Table Live. Thank you for having me. Well, we had a wonderful experience there. We have been there in before. We Just for our listeners, Tujax has a new location, kind of down the street, not far from the original Decatur. Uh, and it was terrific. It was really fun, feeling really like you're in, dining in history. So we're curious, um, Mark. Um, we said that the restaurant is the uh, continually, uh, continually operating oldest in the United States. Who were the Tujaks? So the restaurant was born in 1856, just a few years ago. Uh, the Two Jacks family was a French Creole family who resided in New Orleans and took over. It was actually a restaurant before Two Jacks called Begay's. Mm -hmm. uh, so they took over the 823 Decatur location and took Begay's over and it became Two Jacks restaurant, and which started you know, a little piece of history. You know, I was wondering about that because, David, when I was when we were last in New Orleans um, last month, I went to a really interesting exhibit at the Southern Food and Beverage Museum called The History of Brunch because Two Jacks is the birthplace of brunch, which New Orleans does better than anybody. And I was wondering how the Begay's, Two Jacks intermingling began because Begay's is also considered a birthplace of brunch. So 
where where was Begay's and where was Tujax when all this started? So Begay's was at 823 Decatur. Um, mm-hmm. Madame Begay actually had a brothel upstairs. She lived upstairs as well and ran a restaurant downstairs. Um, I don't know the first year they started, but I know that they sold the restaurant to the Tujax family in 1856. Now, as we also understand, and this is an important part of the history, okay, that Guillaume Tujac was a butcher by profession. How important was that profession to the historic aspect of Tujac's as it is? Well, a couple pieces of that. So the, the Mississippi River is right there. Obviously, it's a huge port. Uh, so they had a lot of men coming off the ships, and they came off the ships wanting, you know, meat and potatoes. And one of the specialties of Tujac's restaurant has always been brisket. And what Madame Begay and the Tujac's family brought, it's called a butcher's breakfast. And it was a very hearty, you know, not your eggs benedict that you see today, but a, a meat-heavy, very fulfilling breakfast for the men before they got back on the ships. So um, those late kind of after-work shift lavish breakfasts, I hear, were like four hours at some points. I mean, they were like, ser- like kind of like they are now, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it is New Orleans, and we do like our cocktails here. So, you know, if you come to New Orleans for brunch, it's, it's going to have a little booze involved in it as well. A little booze and a little time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just a quick breakfast. So what happened to the Tujacs? Because then there was new owners. So kind of take us through the timeline. So the history of Tujacs, there's, there are three families, two generations each. So you had the Tujacs family, you had the Guichets, and then the Tujacs actually bought the restaurant back from the Guichets. I'm not exactly sure what year. And then the Tujacs family sold to the latter family in 1982. So you, you had two generations Guichet that's uh, – Two generations, two Jackson, and I'm just second generation ladder. And your your father was involved before you, Mark. So he was he was the first generation of the ladder family. Tell us about him. Yes. Yeah, so my father bought the restaurant in 1982. Uh, he had, he was actually an executive at a Thai company. Didn't know anything about restaurants. Mm-hmm. And his brother bought the building, and he's like, "Hey, come run this restaurant. You know, it's very well known. It's been around for a long time. Historic bar." But I was like, oh, why not? You know, let's get out of the office and go run a restaurant. Well, he got here and he just fell in love with the business. Um, I mean, he spent the rest of his life at Two Jacks. When he took over, it was one prefixed dinner. You sat down, had the old surly waiters in tuxedos. You didn't, they, they didn't ask you what you wanted. They just started bringing your food. You know, and it was, it was a five-course prefixed table to oatmeal. Uh, of course, the brisket was one of the courses. And then he decided that, well, not everybody wants the same thing all the time. So he, as as a joke, he modernized it, and he gave you a selection of four entrees. So from 1982 to 2013, again, you came in, only table note, no written menu. The servers had to tell you the menu. They came in, and you had an option of four entrees only. And really, for a long time, that's pretty much what people expected to to get at Two Jacks. You know, there was multi-generations of diners here. Lots of great stories. My grandfather ate here. He came in. He got the brisket, the shrimp promenade. Then he didn't have to make any decisions. And so that's really where my father took the restaurant. 
You know, there's something comforting in that style of a restaurant too, Melanie. Well, we you know we went yeah. there and had the menu. We the did. challenge for me is I don't the, like brisket. The, actually, the first time we dined there was at the old location, yeah. and we had that. It's good we, brisket. We had that experience. It it's good lovely. brisket, but I grew up in a brisket family, being Jewish, so I was like brisket. Um, I love <laughs> my family is Jewish as well. And, and way different brisket. Well, we we I hear that so we never had brisket. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. not it's not Texas brisket. It's not Jewish brisket. I it, for for my I'm I'm 40, 40 years old, and I've heard my entire life it's not like my grandmother made it. You know, from different different parts of the country. So I have a couple of questions, and then um, I want to talk about your dad a little bit more than you. A couple things I learned this at the so is the brisket's still in the menu, right? It currently, it's for the first time in the history of the restaurant, it's not. Now, we're, I we're, saw that. That's why I asked you that. It's a trick question because we were there and I didn't see the brisket. So in the old location, we had a gentleman that worked for us. All he did was cut brisket all day. You know, we boil it, and it, it's it's a very long, tedious process, a lot of flavor. And mm-hmm. so with the rising – you know, I'm, I'm tired of using these excuses, but with the rising cost of goods, and mm-hmm. we just can't – and in low labor, we can't find labor these days. We can't pay somebody just to cut and cook brisket all day. Wow. So short term, it is off the menu, and and I hear about it every day, every other hour. But we we the brisket once we get staffed up, the the brisket skins will definitely come back. Well, you know we understand that, and we totally empathize because it is a labor shortage crisis, like everywhere. And if anyone's listening, if anyone knows someone who really wants to get into brisket cutting and make an amazing <laughs> historic dish, Two Jacks is hiring. The other dish we heard about that also is off, it was always off the menu, but now it's off, off the menu. We have this friend. We always came down for Tales of the Cocktail. And our friend Jennifer Mitchell, really talented photographer, said, you got to have this dish. It's the chicken bon farm. It's only on, she used to just wax poetic. She just calls it two jags chicken. She just calls it two jags chicken. So I learned about the chicken bon farm, obviously researching for this, uh, this interview. And it is also due to these, current situation not on the menu but there's a great history behind it and it goes back to the Guichot family so tell us about it so funny enough we this past Friday we did a chicken ball fall special day where it's all you can drink oh. bubbles and mm. chicken ball fall inside so that that's the greatest uh, flourless pan fried chicken you'll ever eat it is if you like garlic fresh garlic not cooked or you know sauteed or anything it's flourless pan fried chicken and then there's it's persiad it's Parsley and garlic just chopped up together, nothing mm-hmm. fancy, doused mm-hmm. on top of the chicken. And so each bite of chicken, you're eating chunks of fresh garlic. Mm-hmm. And it, there's just something about it. It is delicious. Never on the menu at the old location because way back in the day, it was completely pan fried. And then it became too popular, even though it wasn't, you didn't, we didn't even mention it to guests, but everyone knew to order it. And so then we had to use the fryer. So if we put it on the menu here, which I would love to, it's just if if twenty twenty it takes forty minutes to make so if twenty you know twenty five orders comes in at one time, you, we're gonna have angry guests. Yeah, of course. So we'll continue to do the special events throughout the year where you know the old customers that were used to dining and getting it at the old location can get it here as well. Well, Melanie, we missed it missed it by a week. But we'll come back. So we're gonna have to come back and we'll have to. Mark, you'll have to. Next time you're back in town, I'll make sure you get some chicken. When the next one comes along, you'll have to make sure. So here here's something else I learned at this brunch. Uh, exhibit, which again is at the Southern Food and Beverage Museum, which is in New Orleans uh, and is a terrific exhibit. There's a woman there, and I don't know if she's still there, and I hope she didn't succumb to the pandemic, named Miss Brenda. I spoke to Miss Brenda on Friday. She is still alive. Oh, good. She worked at Two Jacks for 46 years. Mm. Oh, my God. 
and she now she she was very old school and yeah she she retired yeah her she she had some health issues i mean she's in her 70s now mm-hmm. and she she was great i i literally grew up at two jacks hanging out in the bar dad bought an 82 which i was five i mean miss brenda was like a second mom to me so she great great woman I, she's like, oh, there's a lot about her at this exhibit. And I was like, well, I want I was going to ask for Miss Brenda, but I'm, these days you don't know who to ask for because you don't know what's going on. So I'm glad to right. hear she's still alive. So what was it like? You know, we understand your dad was a real hard worker. And I think he, I read he liked Crown Royal. So did my dad. Actually, my, my father drank like four times a year. Oh. And if he, <laughs> yeah, he'd really very rarely drank. He drank iced tea all day. But the regulars, he had a group of regulars that came in. You know, six nights a week. It was almost like I I call it a fraternity, but it was it was the you know French Quarter rats is what we call them, and it's just guys that not not just guys but groups of people that come and they hang out at the same bars every day and they all become great friends and they have some great stories and so every once in a while they get my dad to do like three shots of Crown Royal and he'd be knocked out. <laughs> is that the Crown Royal story? I just saw it in one of the tributes for the hundred and sixtieth. Uh, anniversary of Tujac's. Um, it's now 166. Now, you grew up in the business and you worked for Ralph Brennan for a long time. Tell us about your training to take over the role when, you're, when your father passed. So when I graduated college, uh, University of Alabama, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Got a finance degree. Definitely didn't want to go into finance, so not sure why I got that degree. Moved back to New Orleans and I had to make some earn some money, so I started waiting tables at Ralph uh, Brennan's Redfish Grill, mm-hmm. and he quickly became uh, became a manager. Helped run Redfish for about four or five years. Dabbled in the in the NFL for a little, a couple of years with the Saints, and then went back to work for my father at Two Jacks. Um, so the training I got, I didn't realize this now back then, obviously, but the training I got working for the Brennan family, you know, has helped me tremendously in running businesses now. Um, they, they're, as we all know, they're the the godfathers of. New Orleans and, and Godmothers is Ella Brennan, as we all know, and they, they they wrote the book. And so working for them, even though I didn't really want to manage restaurants when I was 22 years old, but at the time that's what I was, you know, that I guess I was born to do that. Didn't realize it. So learned so much from Ralph and, and his family, and then just brought a lot of that culture to to Jacks when you know when I started working with my father. And you also worked there as you were. I, I'm assuming going through school and whatnot too. You were bussing tables, you washed dishes, you kind of did whatever it took working under your father's wing uh, to help two days along while you were growing up, right? Oh, absolutely. I washed dishes, busboy. And one good thing about my past is I've, I've worked every station in each restaurant. And so I can relate to each and every team member that we have. You know, one of the things I love love about Mark Melanie is that he also says that he learned to bet on football and played dice at Tujac when he was young. <laughs> so, by the way, it is a stand-up bar next to the near the French market back in those days. So, well, Tujac so is a dice that, term, right? Yeah. It's also two jacks. Not two jacks is the name of the family, but two jacks is a dice term. Technically, it is. You're right. When you, okay. we, I, I was seven years old, standing on the bar and you know throwing dice. Obviously, I'd get a sprite shot, and then the rest <laughs> of the guys, because if you lost, you had to do a shot. So I, I never, uh, you know, I dabbled in alcohol a little earlier than most, probably in, in my teenage years. But, but back then it was only 18 to drink in New Orleans, so it's okay. 
18. I thought you could drink when you were born for the way I feel when you live there. I mean, everybody has a glass of something in their hand. That's really funny. So I, I'm a Tulane girl. I went to Newcomb just to give you a little history. My mom and my whole family, I had family down there. So we used to go hang out. Obviously, I couldn't go to two shacks because I was, I was underage. But I remember going and having the, the prefix meal, and it really was kind of fun, a different experience. But uh, we went and had a lot of a la carte dishes. Um, let's talk about the menu and how you've envisioned it since you've taken over. All right, so my father suddenly uh, unexpectedly passed away in 2013, heart attack. And so then I took the restaurant over of February of 2013. I had always wanted to go to an a la carte menu, but still offer the table to eat. You know, I guess the way dining has, has moved and is that not everybody wants, especially when you're in the French Quarter, because a lot of our diners are from out of town. You know, there's special occasions for tour, oh, excuse me, locals. But if you're coming from out of town, you know, come from Florida or whatnot, you want to go dine and then you want to walk around the French Quarter. And I didn't want to eat a five-course meal and walk around the French Quarter. You just, you'd want to go back to your hotel and take a nap. So we introduced the first a la carte menu in the history of Two Jacks, which was at that time 150-something years old. And it became a hit. And so we, you know, our, our clientele went from, and I got a lot of pushback, you know, okay. since I took the restaurant over from my father, everything I did wasn't the same, right? We all know that term. This isn't the same, you know, you, you change this. Old timers didn't like, that. don't like change. They still don't. Not just old timers, but a lot of people. But it was a huge hit. We start our clientele went from seeing you know 40s, 50s, 60s, 70 year olds to 20s to 70 year olds, and so we were getting groups of bachelorette parties to come to the two jacks and dine before they went out to a party or whatever they were doing, and the families with the grandfather coming to reminisce on having the the table to oat menu. So it just gave us an opportunity to offer our dining experience to more people. You know, when we were there, a wedding party showed up. I mean, we were there on a Friday. So this is what we had. Um, and it really was a, a, a bit more, it was traditional but modern. So I had the shrimp remoulade on fried green tomatoes. It's nice and spicy. Love that red remoulade sauce. That was, that was like, so delicious. Dish. Yeah. Really and then we had the roasted mushroom crepes, which was a very a surprise. It's kind of like a newer thing. Two savory crepes with an herbed goat cheese and truffle mushroom salad. I loved it. But it was it was different from the two jacks we were used to. So that was kind of fun. Uh, I think we tasted the gumbo, which was very nice we gumbo. Yeah. And then I had the shrimp and grits because the grilled goldfish was swordfish, and I'm not a swordfish girl, but I had the shrimp and grits. It was nice and spicy. And you had the panade veal and pasta, right, David? Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got any sides. And then we had bread pudding, uh, banana bread pudding for dessert. So that's pretty traditional. Now, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a big foodie, and I, we, I have restaurants uptown where – the menu has nothing to do with New Orleans, and they call mm -hmm. it New American. I, I would love to bring a little bit of that to Two Jacks, but when you come dine at a historic restaurant in the middle of the French Quarter, you know, the diners expect us to stay with somewhat within a box, and so the crepes with the mushrooms and truffle oil is different, mm -hmm. but the, like, pasta and veal is very traditional New Orleans, that little Italian, even though we're French Creole. So, we, you know, we'd like to stay within our genre of, you know, traditional Creole, but try to make it a little more modern than what my father offered. What's the dish you, the, what's the, what are your best selling dishes, Mark? At Two Jacks, shrimp and grits is number one. I can see why it was good. The, I just love that Louisiana shrimp. Mm -hmm. It's just like to die for. Uh, shrimp just and really good. one, gumbo, and then uh, there's a wide range. Now, fried green tomatoes are always a huge hit. And so mm -hmm. we kind of try to change up. Well, we, sometimes we do shrimp ravigot, sometimes we do shrimp romelade. 
we just try to change it up. You know, if crab meat prices are good, we we do crab meat ravigade as well. Just some local seafood on top of a fried green tomato is just always a hit. Always a hit. And and yours was very good. And I love the little spiciness in the remoulade. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. You know, for our listeners, would you define Creole cooking so people understand it? So everyone else, a lot of people ask me what the difference between Cajun and Creole. Right. Cajun, and this is my the, the way I view it, which is, you know, if you asked Paul Prudhomme, he'd probably give you a little bit different answer. And even Emerald back in the day when he was at Commanders. It, Cajun is, a, is the way you spice the food, or season the food, excuse me, with spices. Creole is, you know, your gumbo, your jambalaya, your, your shrimp creole. It's a big pot with, um, you know, there's a lot of African influence. There's uh, other countries' influence in there. It's just the style of cooking. So blackening something is Cajun. But cooking a big pot of gumbo where or, or red beans and rice or whatnot is Creole. Does, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It sure does. Somebody, Frank Bryson said it's also um, the cuisine of New Orleans, right? It's the cuisine of New Orleans and the New Orleans melting pot. And then Cajun is the is the is the um, spiced food of the country. You know the the Cajuns, the Acadians who came in. Exactly, uh, and, exactly yeah. right. And that's what Frank and God goodness knows Frank knows. <laughs> he teaches it. So that was his other his definition. But Creole is specifically something you say in New Orleans, whereas Cajun is the surrounding areas and in New Orleans. So it's in the spices. Um, let's let's mosey over to the bar because this bar has well, first of all, the bar has an amazing history in terms of the fixtures. So talk to us about that. So now I don't know if you realize, but the we were unable to move the bar from the old location. Oh no, I didn't. We didn't know that. Wow. We we tried to emulate the bar. So the there was a flood in the 1920s. The old bar top. The bar consisted of. Well, some of it was formica and some of it was marble front. It used to be all wood. And we have pictures in the restaurant when it was all wood. And it was beautiful, but it got ruined by a flood. So the bar top was the only thing that was actually original to the main stand-up bar. Mm-hmm. And then the main attraction was the mirror and the the back bar that was in a bistro in Paris in France, excuse me, in, in, in France for 90 something years and then brought over on a boat and installed into Jack's in 1800s. So the back bar piece was just immaculate and it was plastered in there. And it was, I mean, you, I'm sure we could have gotten a historian for $2 million to move it, but it, it, it would have been nearly impossible to move, you know, 150 year old plaster and mirrors from that location. And so a lot of people, that the, the bar was, and I got a little silence there, the bar was a huge draw. I mean, it was an amazing piece of New Orleans history, mm-hmm. but it was un, we were unable to move it. That must have been hard for you. I mean, that move was, a, 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 I know you ha, it was a big business decision, as we know. Well, um, we, either we moved the restaurant or, the, or, the, or Two Jacks closed. So it really, right. it was a huge business decision, but we didn't have a choice. Yeah, 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 that must have been hard. What, hey, what's happening with that old space? We pass it all the time. Sign's still there. What's uh, right now, it's reading the sign. So our, our smaller sign is up in our current location. So I would guess he's going to have to take his signs down shortly. He hasn't touched the building since we left, which was it looks like December it. of 2020. The, the graffiti and the eye to damage, it, I, you know, I get asked that all the time. And unfortunately, the owner of the building just let it go. And it, it looks horrible right now. So, the balcony's you know, like leaning over. Yeah. yeah, that whole area, because you're right near Central Grocery, which, you know, it got, a whole area got hit really hard by Ida. It was, it's really, right. 
very, very unfortunate. Because Central Grocery has yet to open too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's like probably one of the most historic blocks in the French Quarter. And the whole French Quarter is historic, but right across from the French market. So what is the new address? Because uh, I want to make sure our listeners are not confused when they want to go by. So the new address is 429 Decatur. We moved four blocks down toward mm-hmm. Canal Street. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a bigger it's a bigger space too, isn't it? We went from fifty five hundred square feet to fourteen thousand. Mm. And you, That's you big. know, we were very interested. There was so much of the historical aspect that was moved. We, there's, mm-hmm. there's what I think three floors now, Melanie or Mark. Yeah. You probably know better than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and three so floors the, of dining rooms. There's a dining room downstairs. Obviously, the kitchen and the bar. But there's also a big dining room upstairs, and and there's more up, more above that. There's a wine cellar up on the second floor. Mm-hmm. We really enjoyed kind of touring around. There was a wedding going on in one spot, and we couldn't go into it. But, but there's a lot of the history history of two jags up on the walls in the new space too. Mm-hmm. So you really did a great job of kind of retrofitting the new space to have the ambiance that was in the old place. I appreciate that. That was our goal. We took over every single light fixture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we took over all the artifacts on the walls, which were, you know, were collected over, I think, eight or 90 years. We, we tried to emulate exactly, you know, it's the same floor in the downstairs. Obviously we had, we, we bought tile to, it's the same tiles as over there. We did the darkwood bar. Um, I mean, we, we besides the courtyard, we didn't have a courtyard deal location. And one of the rooms upstairs, which we made more modern, mm-hmm. we we tried to make it look like and make it feel like you were in the old restaurant. It, it feels really great. I mean, I think when people come in, they'll feel like history. I, two big questions. Did the ghosts come with you? Because we heard there were ghosts in the old space. There was 100% a ghost in the old building. <laughs> Julian L. Tenz. I, 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 I've been told there's a ghost in our attic here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thankfully, I have not encountered the ghost yet. Well, you you know there's a you know there you know that what the truth will be when there's a ghost tour outside your building. Or not. <laughs> Yeah, ghost tour. Right. Ghost tours are quite popular in New Orleans French Quarter. Yeah, we love we so love I, walking around the French if Quarter. If you start stopping in front of your place, then you know that there is one. So we stayed in the French Quarter at a friend's house. We pet sit. We we were like, if you ever need a pet sit, let us know. We pet sit some very dear friends who are probably listening on Ursuline Street, and we would walk around the different um, the streets, and we love seeing you know for rent signs or for sale signs, and then there's haunted, not haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, there are a lot of haunted the buildings in this the city. Place. <laughs> I'm sure there are. No, I think that would attract some people, right? The haunted, and it'll scare some people away. Yeah, I didn't know if that. I didn't know whether the haunted uh, adds value to a place. Um, what about the liquor bottle collection? So we we took it all. Uh, there are so the front, the the middle dining room, and the first floor is the bagay room. That's mm-hmm. if you the old dining room. Main dining room in the old location, that's exact same wainscoting, same mirrors, same light fixtures. We put the liquor bottles up there. We have a lot more cases in the attic, and this summer, now that we're slowing down, we're, we're going to find places and walls to put them back up. We have, we took, that was my dad's collection. We took the entire collection over with us, and we would definitely like to showcase it. That was your dad's collection? The man only drinks four times a year? He had yeah, a liquor bottle so collection. There was, there was a small liquor bottle case in the restaurant, and so my dad worked six, seven days a week for like his entire from 1982 on, just because he loved it. Either that or he didn't like my mom that much. Hmm. I'm, I'm kidding, but he was he lived at the restaurant, and 
he people just started bringing them bottles from all over the country in the world. You can't buy those. Well, you can actually buy those in New Orleans now, but up until three years ago, you couldn't buy a miniature liquor bottle. And so he just and collected them and collected them and made so many friends over the years. It, people would just mail them to him. And then he has, I think, like 11,000 different bottles. Wow. You know, that's such a He's great He's got Pappy Van Winkle miniatures. I mean, things – no, he didn't – some of them, the liquid evaporated because, you know, in the summertime it gets a little warm in New Orleans and humid. A little bit. Just a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So we will showcase the rest of the uh, of the collection this summer. Well, that's great. We can't wait to come back and see it. When we moved from our house, I think we had a massive collection of minis ourselves. It's, they, they add up after, particularly when you go like the tales of the cocktail. Let's talk about cocktails because Two Jacks is the birth of the grasshopper. So let's talk about that. So we sell an amazing number of grasshoppers a year. Um it's it's a frothy, creamy mint chocolate chip. It, you know, it, it not not to offend anyone, but I feel like it's 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 what I call a, a grandmother's drink. Um, but not just grandmothers drink them. You know, it's, a lot of people order them before their dinner, and I always recommend them ordering after dinner. It's almost like a, a aperitif or you know dessert almost. It's you know, very it's sweet, but it's, it's basically like eating mint chocolate chip ice cream in a glass. I always liked grasshopper pie myself. We, we did see a lot of grasshoppers on tables around us. Mm-hmm. We did not have one. I had a different cocktail instead. But um, your list was wonderful. You had some great cocktails on the list. And um, obviously the bar is a big part of the action when people come into Two Jigs. Uh, so, it's a big bar. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good size. But I think – so the grasshopper cocktail I've had several times. I like grasshopper pie, by the way. I think it would be – I actually personally like it when it's frozen. A frozen grasshopper. So we we tried two versions of the we tried a grasshopper pie. We also did a grasshopper panna cotta. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's the color, the you know the light green color. It, it just did not appeal to people. Why was it called grasshopper? Because it's the color of a grasshopper. I would imagine so, but that's a great question. Well, it's green. So so the the cocktail, which is interesting, because New Orleans is the birthplace of cocktails and many iconic cocktails, including the grasshopper. It was invented by one of the owners for a New York cocktail competition, uh, and it took second place, right? Yeah, Philip Guichet. So he was the second generation of the Guichet family. So we, we, we saw went from two jacks to Guichet to ladder. Mm-hmm. He, it was 1918, I believe. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it's, you know, if you're really into doing the New Orleans historic cocktail tour, you definitely have to stop in Two Jacks to have a grasshopper. But what's the whiskey smash also invented at Two Jacks? The bourbon punch was. Oh, the bourbon punch. So everybody it, knows sorry. about brandy milk punch. We mm-hmm. invented the, well, someone obviously with the restaurant invented the bourbon milk punch. But what's that? It's brandy milk punch. It, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's bourbon Heavy cream, whipping cream, a little bit of simple syrup, and then nutmeg on top. Yeah, I had very my heavy. first. It, it's very heavy. It's very good. I had my first. It's a good winter drink. Yeah, brandy milk punch at Brennan's for uh, mm. breakfast at Brennan's when I was eleven because I was allowed to taste. And it's also <laughs> like drinking a liquid dessert, but it's good. But it's it's a it's a yeah it's a wintry drink, but also very popular and also very good frothy and kind of like with lots of crushed ice and almost frozen it can be kind of yeah yummy. similar to a grasshopper just with brandy mm-hmm. and heavy cream and you know it's 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 very traditional in new orleans very very yeah. very brilliant yes yeah very much so are there other popular um cocktails uh at the bar that are top sellers so the official cocktail of new orleans is a sazerac right and we we have three levels of sazeracs 
No, we used our regular Sazerac. We use Sazerac Rye, which, as you may know, is owned by Bill Goldring, which is local. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Sazerac Museum now, which is gorgeous. If you haven't been there, you need to check it out next time you're in town. Kind of oh, country. we have. It's fabulous. We yeah, highly we, we, recommend that We did that a tour museum. there last summer. Yeah. And they actually, it's, we, it was interesting to know that they, even though most Sazerac is made, I believe, up in Kentucky at this point, they actually bring a barrel down to New Orleans from the, mm-hmm. from the, big distillery and they actually make a, at least one barrel a day in New Orleans of Sazerac. It's one of, of my Sazerac favorite museums Rye. in New Orleans of the ones I visited. I think it's so, great and that gives you the history of the cocktails in New Orleans. Yeah. Right, right. Well, That's for fine. the most part for the bourbon or, you know, or, or excuse me, rye whiskey. But we sell, so we sell grasshoppers number one and Sazerac's number two. Mm-hmm. You get different and levels. Then, I know, think I had the regular Sazerac when I went. Yeah, that's my style traditional. So the the, the higher priced or higher end Sazerac uses absinthe and right. higher end bur- uh, rye whiskey. It's just it's almost like the original recipe. Right. Not I just like the, the normal everyday recipe. Yeah, I like the regular. Yeah, you know, we had a dog named Sazerac. That's how much we love New Orleans. Nice. Uh, and we took him to the Sazerac bar. We did photographs with Sazerac at Sazeracs all over New Orleans during Tales of the Cocktail. It was a lot of fun. And, and you know, when you get the bread, I love it when you get to the, the bread. I think you use light and hybrids. I assume you use light and hybrids. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no other. We must exactly. Find. There is exactly. no other bread. Exactly. I mean, I went I went into some little bodega-like place in New Orleans to try to get my mother some bread because she's like, bring me back some bread. I couldn't find any Lindenheimers. It was like another brand, and it wasn't the same. But I love it because you have the T, the logo, on the, the bread um, the bread pouch. Right. And we posted that on yeah. social media with some photos of our meal. And everyone's like, we recognize that tea. It's such a signature. Now, we brought the teas from the original doors with us. They're on oh. their third floor dining, the third floor private rooms. Mm-hmm. No, it's that, very it's an, distinctive. That's become an iconic tea. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what are the things you love most about uh, Two Jacks in terms of running it now that you really want our listeners to know about? So, you, you know, even though we moved, we're still a very historic restaurant. You know, we never stopped operations except for, obviously, the issues that the, the world's had the last few years. But it, it's just, it's such a great place to come in. And, and you know, so many great stories were here. Somebody's father, grandfather, great-grandfather grandfather came. And it, it's it's just a family environment. It's, you know, we have other restaurants in our group that are very modern. It's nothing like a two jacks. You come to a two jacks and you know, people want to talk to you about the restaurant. It's not just about the food. It's about the history as well. How, um, do you have an employee that's been there for a really long time, given the situation right now? We do. Gilmer Martinez. Um, he, and his son is now a cook for us. His son mm. started out as a bus boy. Gilmer is probably been with the company for, I would say 40 to 45 years. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. That's so great. That's something we we love. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, we love, and then let you finish. We love the fact that many of the New Orleans historic restaurants have people who've worked there for many years, and and also Leidenheimers as well, because we had Sandy Juan on the show, and also then the next generation works with the company. It's like very generational. Oh, absolutely. We had uh, some older servers that were with us for 30, 40 years. And none of those guys are working because of COVID. But since COVID, they just are retired. Mm-hmm. But it would have been great to have them move with us. Maybe you can do a reunion sometime. <laughs> Actually, a couple of them came to dinner here Saturday night, just randomly. Oh, that's yeah, it would be nice. great to do a reunion. And I, you know, now that 
now that hopefully we're moving past COVID, they, maybe they'll come out of retirement. And we'd love to have them, even if it's just once a week. Because again, we, you know, we have generations of people that come. Hey, where's Lewis, the waiter? Where's Sergio? You know, remember when Sergio waited on us and I was nine years old? So, it's just a lot of great history. You know, something else I want to share with our listeners that is kind of unique about New Orleans. Many historic New Orleans restaurants, like Galatoire's, is a great example. A lot of the locals have their own waiter. So, like my cousins, um, my cousins are uh, Mark Yellen, the Yellen family, and they used to be in the restaurant business. I don't know if you've remembered your All Goods, but my family owned it a long time ago up in the Garden District. And you go down there and you ask for certain waiters, and they're like your server. And your family's server, and it's very special because it's it, it means a lot, and there's a lot of important connections there. And that's rare in a lot of restaurants. Yeah, so the, what's amazing about that is, you know, if, if you have a server at Galchois, Galchois is very well known for this. Your cocktail is waiting for you when you get to the table. Like They know exactly. They know the old-fashioned, the style of the old-fashioned, and what bourbon you want. It is quite amazing. We So we had that at the old restaurant. We just, you know, with it's we we don't anymore, and you get a, little, a lot of that at Galatoire's. Not really, not even in many of the other restaurants, the historic restaurants, really just Galatoire's. Now maybe Brightons or somebody's working there for twenty or twenty five years, but but Clancy's mm-hmm. is another restaurant where you you'll have that. Oh yeah, Clancy's it's great has to those, have your own server. They had those great surly tuxedo waiters. We were there. We met, and it was like we had dinner it, there during Jazz Fest. This it past never season. changes. Month. It's a great uptown restaurant. Yeah. you know, oh, so Clancy's you, is great. It, it's places. terrific and, and not very tourist. It's very local. So wait, you moved. When and did you move in 2020? We moved December 20. We reopened the restaurant December 28th of 2020. So you moved during a pandemic. So did we. We moved houses. I mean, we moved out of our house. But you moved. How was it like to move a restaurant during a pandemic? It was not easy. So we built up our grand opening. And then the city of New Orleans went down, back down to phase one the day after we opened. And so New Orleans became a ghost town. New Year's Eve was canceled. You know, so it, it was a it was a tough stretch. We'd hired all these great people, and then there was no business, you know, for at least three months. So, we, you know, it just it was a mess, to be honest with you. Well, Not the best time now. to open a restaurant. Yeah, that you know, kudos to you for doing it. I would have just said I'm done. <laughs> so kudos, let's wait a year. Kudos to, you, kudos to you and the people that came back to work for you who to persevere and, and stick yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I we we spent like I said, we, we were hoping to move to New Orleans. Right now, we're in Tennessee because that's where my mom is right now. But um, what are your other restaurants? We're curious. You kind of spiked our, our interest. So uptown in the Lower Garden District, do you remember where Natco's warehouses were, Melpanine and Thalia? Uh, a little bit. Okay, no. so we we there was a new development there that we got in the ground level. So the front left, we have a call, restaurant called The Bower. Mm-hmm. It's a modern new American restaurant, uh, a lot of green in there. If you look up on our website, there's there's live plants everywhere. And then behind there, we opened up the Bauer Bar, which is a wine and cocktail and charcuterie program. Mm-hmm. Now, we opened that March 13th of 2020. And I don't, oh. Do you recall what happened March 15th of 2020? Yeah, the, sh- the whole world yeah, was shut down. The world shut down. So if... <laughs> We but we survived. We have a lot. We have a hundred and something outdoor seats. So actually, when in the interior restaurants shut down, uh, we we did very well there. And then during COVID, because why not, right? Let's add a fourth unit. The there was a breakfast brunch place in the same little comp development. They went out of business, and we took that spot over. So we have Bauer. It looks really Bauer nice. Bar, yeah. And Birdie's behind the Bauer, 
And now the space is pretty much all of ours. We have a beautiful outdoor space. Next time you're in town, we'll, you'll go to cocktail there. We have a great cocktail program there with Mickey. So it's, but it's very modern and, and much, much different than Two Jacks. Yeah, you know we love that neighborhood. It's it's really a fun. Uh, that lower garden district has some great restaurants and a great vibe about it. Yeah, the St. Vincent Hotel opened. They have a great bar and great mm-hmm. restaurants. It, little, and then you know, Rio Race Religion, the wedding venue there. It's real and, and barrel proof and it's in Coquette. It well, I guess Coquette's in the gar- regular garden district, but it, it mm-hmm. lower garden district's becoming a, a, a venue. You know, people are definitely coming there to to dine and, and have cocktails. That's where my cousins live. They live on St. Charles in the Lower Garden District. I'll tell them about it. You know, we I did look at this. Um, we, we got a you know press you know pit you know some media information on it from your terrific PR agency, Russman Carino. And I was looking at the Bauer because I was not familiar with it. And we're always looking for places that we haven't tried because people are always asking us. Uh, our listeners and on social media, where to go in New Orleans. And we keep this long list. It's getting longer. It is getting longer. Of, day. of places to go because people are always asking us. So it's it's a it's a neat, uh, very different from Two Jacks, but very much in, in sync with the neighborhood in the Lower Garden District. So very cool. Yeah. There, hopefully you just added three additional locations now to your list. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> are you going to develop any other restaurants we need to know about? <laughs> Uh, we're, we're looking at, in other cities. I think we've exhausted some areas of New Orleans. We're, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to, we're looking in Austin and Nashville. Oh, oh, come to Chattanooga. Good grief. Chattanooga is like ripe for stuff here. It's also less one of my expensive. Co- one of my best friends from college is from Chattanooga. Oh, really? That's where is we are. I grew up here. So that's interesting. Baylor Macaulay? Yeah, Baylor. Yeah. I was a cheerleader. Melanie was a cheerleader at Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Help me know your friend. Um, Chattanooga's got a, a, a smaller scene than Nashville, but a good scene and um, a lot of people who like to go out, both locals and visitors. So yeah, we'll take a look. We're, we're, we were looking for a, a city that has a you know short flight from New Orleans, so we a direct flight, so we can easily get in and out to go yeah. visit the restaurant. Well, that probably is Nashville. It's an eight-hour drive, just so you know, because we've done it many times. Straight up, stop and stop at the Meridian for lunch, uh, and you're in Chattanooga. But if you ever come, we'll show you around. We're not here all the time. We're here and there now. We spend a lot of time going back and forth from Chattanooga to New Orleans, so we do that quite. So a where day. do you have lunch in Meridian? I've never. I've, I, I, University of Alabama I used to drive past Meridian all the time. Didn't know they had places to eat lunch there. Oh, we found one. It's it's very low key. It's called Nukes. N e w k s. And it's okay. very local and low key, but they have really good salads, and it's got an interesting backstory to it, and we love it. Very casual. I'll, I'll definitely take a look. Uh, have you now? Next time you t- you make that drive from Chattanooga, you should stop in Bessemer, Alabama. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of the Bright Star? The what? The Bright Star. It's the oldest restaurant in Bur- in Alabama. No, no we're, we're going to add it to our list. We're adding though. it to our list because we made that drive a lot. We've been to uh, Wiedenheimer's. Or what was it? Wiedemann's? Wiedemann's. Where was that? Is that Meridian? I don't know. We uh, went to I'm some places. Sure. No, it was in Mississippi. It was somewhere in Mississippi. Uh, Stop a little earlier for lunch. Stop it uh-huh. uh, at the Bright Star. If you like historic restaurants, when you walk in there, you're going to know it's historic as soon as you walk in. And it's in Bessemer. Hmm. Bessemer. So it's right between Tuscaloosa and Birmingham. Yeah. Oh, we're definitely going to stop there. We're always looking for these amazing places. And 
We've stopped a couple of places in between. We try to mix up the route whenever we can. So thanks for the tip. Yeah, I-59, yeah. is that right? No, mm -hmm. I yep, I-59. So where? what about Tuscaloosa? Do you go back? I mean, uh, do you go to games? Uh, we. I try to go to one game a year. Um, I don't know if you know this, but we win a lot of games in the recent years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we know. being sarcastic. Uh, so <laughs> I, I go to one a year. You know, I've always wanted to do a yeah. restaurant in Tuscaloosa. That has really been my dream. Um, there's just restaurants don't leave Tuscaloosa. So it's <laughs> there, there are new developments, but it's very small. So one of these days we're going to, you know, we'll go up there and open up a little, little New Orleans style restaurant there. Folks in Tuscaloosa love New Orleans. Well, folks in Chattanooga love New Orleans. We ate at a little New Orleans place yesterday called Jay Gumbo's, and they've been going down there all the time, and it was pretty good gumbo. I mean, we, she brought out, once she found out we were, like, totally into the food in New Orleans, the, the cook brought out, like, a million different things for us to try. So well, name, name, name your top three restaurants in New Orleans. Oh, your God. favorite, not top, your favorite you know, three restaurants in New Orleans. We really well, can't do that. That's not fair. There's well, we can because we were married at the, in the garden at Commander's Palace. So that's that one, you know, t the, 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 and we were one of only two weddings. Sorry, we're not supposed to talk about it publicly, but we just did. But we, um, Miss Ella was one of probably our most treasured guests on the show. She, right before she died, she came on with tea. That's great. That that is such an amazing family. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, great. they're they are like family. So, um, you know, we get that'll always be a special place in our heart. And then, of course, we have a million favorite po' boy places um, to go. Domalisi's. We love Domalisi's, but we like Parkway a little better. And then we discovered Nola Cajun po' boys. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. They have good gumbo too. We can do takeout. A, a local friend told us about it. Uh, so we do that quite a bit in Parkway. Particularly the roast beef. Parkway's uh, great. I just don't want to wait in line. It, they're very busy, but it's a great. Oh, of course, they are very busy. Domelisis is great. That's where my cousins always. That's where I used to go when I was in college. We go to Mahoney's a lot now too. They got some fun stuff up on Magazine Street for po' boys. Right. And then for our crawfish, we go to Classy's. But then somebody I local have to boil my us own. Oh yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, we don't have a kitchen, but we also, where was that place? We, the Broadview Seafood. Oh my God. We have the best. Cajun Seafood. Ka no, Broadview Seafood. Oh, Broadview. Yeah. For um, really good, like huge crawfish. Cause they were really good this year. But one place that we found yeah. way uptown on Maple Street oh, yeah. was this great place called Mukbang, oh, my which God. is kind of new. They just opened this spring mm -hmm. and oh, um, so it's, good. it's got an Asian Vietnamese, flair to Vietnamese it. Crawfish. Yeah. yeah. Like kind of right. Viet crawfish, but they've got some really great crawfish. Um, oh, so good. That they that they put out and they and they get the really high end selects or whatever they call that grade yeah, of crawfish yeah, yeah. so they're all really big and juicy and then for oysters casamentos yeah. you know when they're open you know I mean we, we, uh, we you, just you you y'all would have gotten along with my father very well he loved casamentos <laughs> loved oh. loved Amelisi's. loved all those you know we love the families and we, tell, tell us some of your favorites yeah so my favorite restaurants so Clancy's mm -hmm. I love Pesh Donald Link's mm -hmm. restaurant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see where else. Um, Domelisi's fan. I really don't go eat crawfish out because I, I love to boil them. That's mm -hmm. my favorite thing to do, basically get a bunch of friends and boil. Mm -hmm. Other restaurants I love, let's see. Coquette is great. Oh, mm. yeah. Good good cocktails, too. Oh, it's great cocktail. Yeah, Carlos does a great job there. Michael is a great chef. Um, mm -hmm. I would say those are my top restaurants. Really, Passion Clancy's. If if y'all come to town, I'm gonna take you out to eat. 
We'll have to get together. You know, Donna Link has not been on our show yet. We know him from way back. I started the James Beard Awards, so we did a big tribute to New Orleans after Katrina. That's when David proposed marriage, by the way. And it was 2006. So, on stage. Um, yeah, on stage. So, you know, New Orleans will always be a special place in our hearts for all those reasons um, and more. Um, but we got to know, like, a lot of folks, you know, from that event. Right. But yeah, it's so Donna Link's restaurants are great. Yeah, we haven't. We we know Pesh and obviously Herb Scent, and we've not been to the, uh, the Four Seasons restaurants. We went to the bar and that amazing museum, View New Orleans next door. Oh my God, amazing museum! Another great museum to visit that not many people know about yet. That we recommend. There's so much to talk about, but we've come to the end of the show. My goodness, Mark, we could talk to you forever. I think y'all going to have to have me on more just to talk about food in New Orleans. Not even <laughs> restaurant. We, we definitely have to get together and and do some. Eating and drinking when we come back down next. Yeah, let me know next time you're in town. We'll, yeah, we I'll, I'll, we'll do our own food and cocktail tour. That would be great. That sounds fun. So um, you've been listening to the – we have to close down. We've been was talking with Mark Ladder, one of the family members of um, – owners, actually, of Two Jacks in New Orleans. And we encourage everybody to go down, have a meal – cocktail and enjoy this amazing slice of history in a great location we think the location is the new location is terrific by the way uh the uh, website is two jags restaurant two jack is spelled t-u-j-a-g-u-e-s restaurant.com it's pronounced two jacks like two jacks we're talking about the dice um we do recommend reservations, particularly when you're going on the weekends. And with all New Orleans restaurants these days, check hours of operation because many are not open on Mondays, as we know. And they're also working on attenuated schedules. Yeah, and attenuated schedules. Mark, thank you for joining us on the Connected Table. We really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Thank you all so much for having me. Okay. We hope all of you listening enjoyed this show and stick with us and share it and check it out on demand at your convenience on your favorite podcast channel and tell your friends to tune into the connected table Wednesdays at two or anytime when you feel like just listening to us talk. And of course our message to you always is stay insatiably curious. Thank you. 